0: thank you very much um, please what on earth what on earth is happening to the wonderful city of honey and cherry
1: <laughs> um, of course now it's uh, thank you for uh, first of all thank you for your inviting uh, I'm uh, sorry in the future for my English it's not very good but uh, if uh, something will be not understandable of course I can't repeat uh, first of all, uh, if we speak about Melitopol, we need to understand that uh, uh, Melitopol was, uh, wa- now uh, it's uh, one of the uh, center of the uh, Russian uh, occupied uh, territory of uh, south of Ukraine. Now Russians uh, use our city as a, a logistic center, as an administrative center, and uh, uh, of course uh, uh, it uh, shows. Uh, And our uh, citizens feel it uh, because uh, Russians use uh, uh, high terror levels. And uh, every day it's uh, more and more high terror level. Uh, Next uh, way of terror, uh, our citizens just started to feel after Russians... uh, uh, go out from Kherson, and uh, most of uh, most of all Russian troops now stop in our uh, city of uh, Melitopol and Melitopol region, also. Uh, Melitopol uh, now as I said earlier, is a center of uh, Russian administrative, and uh, they try to build around the city uh, special military uh, buildings, uh, to uh, armoured buildings, uh, because they don't want to lose Manitopol as, uh, as uh, uh, the Parisian region, which now occupied. It. Now Russians uh, use a new wave of propaganda. Because uh, when they two months ago said that uh, uh, on those territories which Russians occupied, Russians forever, for example, Kharkov territories, for example, Kherson territories, but now our citizens uh, and all over the world see that uh, Russians can't. Uh, be saved on these territories. Now Russians uh, uh, start to do new wave of propaganda and say that in Melitopol they forever because uh, it's a uh, road from Russia to Crimea and uh, that's why uh, Russians uh, never will go out from Ukraine. And of course it's a, a pressure for our citizens and uh, it's a, <clears throat> a new wave of propaganda. uh if we speak about our citizens uh, uh, which now stay in uh, occupied city, of course it's very hard. First of all, I want to start from numbers. Uh, after nine months of uh, occupation, more than half our citizens lived from occupied territories, and uh, it's uh, more than uh, 70, 80, uh, 70, uh, of uh, Uh, citizens now uh, go away from uh, occupied territory and now stay in uh, different uh, cities and different regions of uh, Ukraine and uh, uh, many countries of European Union. Those citizens who now stay in uh, uh, occupied city, uh, of course, uh feel uncomfortable uh, services and uh, un- uncomfortable situation for example uh, first of all medicine uh, for a long time a uh, manatopol hospital was only one hospital on uh, every uh, occupied territory of the paris region uh, only one hospital who give uh, help and who give support uh, for civilian citizens about uh, three weeks uh, ago russians uh, starts uh, come uh, came to, to our hospital bring their soldiers their wounded soldiers and uh, now it uh, our citizens have no uh, access to Uh, hospital in Melitopol Elsa or have but very very hard uh, access Uh, all uh, hospitals around uh, for example in Vasilivka in Tokmak in uh, uh, Primorsk uh, many uh, months ago uh, was uh, taken by Russians and used only for military use Uh, and of course uh, greatest problem with pharmacy because uh, many pharmacies closed, uh, only 10% of pharmacies worked, uh, but uh, uh, our citizens can't find uh, uh, any preparates in pharmacy, and uh, if they can't find, it is cost very expensive. For example, I very often showed this example, uh, such tablets as vitamin C uh, cost uh, uh, more than... Uh, uh, 16 160 uh, times uh, uh, more expensive either they cost in uh, the parisia key for dnipro uh, same situation now we have uh, visa products uh, first of all melitopol uh, as as you said it's agro region and uh, honey cherry it, uh, not only these uh, fruits and uh, products uh, produce in the region but uh, many citizens in gardens grow some harvest and uh, can sold it uh, on our magazines uh, or bazaars and other but now it's winter and uh, nobody grow anything and uh, our citizens need to go to market but uh, in markets uh, now there is no assortment there is no enough projects uh, and uh, if uh, Uh, some magazines bring some products from temporarily occupied Crimea, these products also cost very uh, expensive. And uh, we need to understand that more than 80% of our uh, citizens now without job. Uh, Also, we need to understand that uh, one of the most problems is vacuum without truth information. Uh, one of the first things, uh, things that uh, Russians do is uh, uh, make a vacuum without uh, Ukrainian TV or international TV, without uh, Ukrainian mobile uh, networks, uh, and uh, without access or to uh, social medias and other things. For example, uh, now if uh, you want to read uh, some news in Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, you need to use VPN. And uh, only after you can uh, see this uh, news. But uh, all of our citizens who now stay in temporarily occupied at uh it's uh, old citizens, uh, 60 years old and uh, older. Uh, that's why they can't use uh, these in our quality uh, mobile phones, social networks, and of course VPN, because it is very very hard. Second uh, problem, uh, and uh, now, uh, that's why I uh, said that uh, now our citizens have no possibility to give, to take a truth information. That's why Russians, uh, it's uh, a good area for Russian propaganda, because they turn on their TVs, they turn on their telegram channels and other, and now they use their propaganda with, uh, in all, all, all. in all ways uh, of course we need to say about uh, uh, humanitarian aid and other things uh, for six months of occupation uh, we uh, sent and our volunteers delivered humanitarian aid pharmacy and other things from the parisia to Melitopol. but uh, last two uh, last uh, two months we can't deliver because russia didn't accept uh, this delivery and uh, on a blog post in Vasilivka, uh, they uh, didn't give possibility to us to uh, deliver this humanitarian aid and uh, Of course, last that I want to say it, and then I can answer questions uh, it's uh, how to evacuate from occupied city uh, it's, now it is very hard uh, we have th- our citizens have three ways. First of all, it's from Melitopol to Zaporizhia uh, across Vasilivka, uh, but uh, last one week uh, Russians given the possibility uh, to live by this, by this way uh, for men uh, who uh, age from 18 to 60, because uh, they have new information propaganda that if uh, such men go from uh, Melitopol to the Parisians, the Parisian Ukrainian government will uh, Draft them to Ukrainian army. That's why they don't want to give possibility, but of course it is not true and Russians want to draft uh, this men to their army Second way of evacuation it's from Melitopol by uh, Crimea uh, Temporarily occupied but uh, this way can take more than four or five days uh, from Crimea our citizens go to a uh, border of uh, Russia with Georgia of all these countries of European Union But as, as I said this uh, way will take uh, more than uh, four or five days and uh, Last uh, way it's from Melitopol to Berdansk, from Berdyansk to Mariupol, Novozovsk, and to Russia But it's uh, a territory some some uh, some uh, of this road uh it's a territory of DNR, and uh, uh, Russians make on DNR special filtration zone, and uh, of course, it's uh, a very, very dangerous. Uh, and uh, uh, last but not least, we need all of us need to understand that Russians try to make uh, from our citizens cheaper, uh, and uh, of course, on uh, uh, unsaved uh, citizens, and uh, Russia think that uh, from these citizens uh, for uh, occupied uh, representatives more easy take support. That's why they 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 that do. All right. Yeah, thanks
2: so much. Yes, Ivan. Please thank you very much for being here at Maria Report. Your your words. Your um your story has an impact greater than what is here today. And I want to thank you very much for being here. Um, um, you know, you come, you're the mayor of a town that has been invaded and occupied by Russians for many, many months. And, uh, if you could, and I really, I'm so happy and uh, to have you share with us your experiences, but for people who are new, for people who don't know, um, mm-hmm. Could you could you speak for a second to the spirit, the drive, the determination of Ukrainians from your town, which you were, you know, elected to represent? Can you speak to you know there are people there are still there are still strange people out there who think oh, Melitopol is uh, it's, uh, you know the Russians have it everyone's happy to be in Russia. Can you please dispel any myth? Can you please explain to our guest, Victoria? dispel D I S S P L L can you dispel any myth that Melitopol is a Russian city or you're happy to have them. <laughs> it's so important for us. I know for you That's it's right. a joke, right? And me it's a joke. Right? Okay. You know, my wife That's my wife is from Lutsk and and, and, and Basalia and and Helm. Um you know, can you can you speak to if you had a you know, you're speaking to people who don't know about Ukraine. Can you tell us about where you're from? Can you tell us about what it means what's going on, please?
1: Of course, uh, yes. Uh, Russian propaganda worked very good and uh, for uh, many, many years they said that uh, uh, part of Ukraine want to be in Russia but it's not true. I can show only Uh, Some examples, uh, but first of all, Melitopol, of course, it's a Ukrainian city, and uh, as all our country in in 2014, we make our choice to be a European democracy country, and Melitopol makes this choice, and uh, uh, Melitopol uh, last eight years when our team come to City Council. Uh, show a good result, good result of European integration, good result of uh, uh, reform of decentralization. And, uh, of course, I can show examples why Melitopol, it is not Russian city. First of all, 24th uh, of February, when Russian troops come to uh, Melitopol and uh, by two days fully occupied, uh, from third day of fully occupation, our citizens go to Central Square and Central Street for a huge protest. Uh, more than three, four, five thousand of our citizens every day go to Central Street. I try to uh, explain it, but it, it is very hard to understand, but try to, try to understand it. When Russian troops fully control city inside and outside, when uh, many Russian soldiers with guns and uh, other things And our citizens, without guns, without weapons, without any heavy equipment, of course, go to Central squares and say, go away, Russians. And I want to show other side. Not any one citizen come to Central Square and Central Street with Russian flag. After nine months of occupation, nobody. Next example, what I want to show you. It's uh, our education system. When Russians uh, want to start education process, they uh, start to speak without the chiefs of schools, chiefs of uh, kindergartens, and not any one chief of school and not any one chief of kindergarten agreed to uh, give support and collaborate with Russians. Not any one. Not 10%, not uh, 12%, not 100%, anyone, nobody wants to want to give support to Russians. But we have 22 chiefs of schools and 21 chiefs of kindergarten. And uh, nobody wants to uh, give support to Russians. Uh, And uh, last example what I want to show you, it's, of course, our team. Uh, Not anyone vice mayor agreed with the Russians. Uh, give support to Russians. Not anyone chiefs of department of city council agreed to give support to Russians. That's why for a long time uh, our city uh, show a huge resistance and uh, for two days for nine months of occupation. And uh, Manitoba, it is a very important city for all Ukraine. It's a center of our souls. That's why all of us just wait for the occupation liberation, of our city, and this city never will be Russian.
2: Amen. I Listen, um, Ivan. There are there are people who who don't still understand. They still think it's a border dispute between Russia and Ukraine. There was a time in 1939 where people didn't believe that the Nazis were going to do this or that, and and they did. Um, what do you think about people like us, like uh, uh, North Americans, Europeans, Africans, Asians? We're all listening in. We listen in to people like you, um, and I think it's super important for someone like you, a mayor of a town occupied by Russia. Um, you know, if it w- if I was the mayor, I would say, listen, um, they've come for us. They're in our city. They're killing our people. They have torture chambers. They're killing children, um please world wake up, wake up Germany, wake up, wake up France, wake up all these countries that aren't pulling their weight um, is it fair to say that your your people fear uh the next big genocide in humanity is that is that, is that a fear for you like do do you are you worried you have pensioners who can't they can't use vPNs they can't use the internet they don't know about all those things um how serious is the threat today? Because I think people need to know. I think some people who come in and listen—you know—we have millions of listeners in the last nine months to this space, and they, they, there are people that don't really realize it. But you guys are fighting for your lives. You're fighting for your survival. You're fighting for the Ukrainian language, your culture, you know, your food, your, your everything. And, and how important is it for us to understand that?
1: I think that uh, thank you, thank you for your example, and uh, I think uh, all of us uh, and uh, all citizens all over the world, especially in the European Union, must understand uh, some simple things. First of all, now Putin tried to uh, try to uh, occupy full Ukraine, not, uh, not only Melitopol or not only the Parisian region. He wanted to occupy full Ukraine. And now he tested. But uh, he don't want to occupy only Ukraine. He wants to occupy, it, of course, in European uh, else, uh, European countries also. And uh, if Ukraine can't uh, defend and can't win on this war, Putin will go, of course, to European Union else. And uh, we uh, now uh, show a dangerous situation. And for Poland, and uh, for Moldova, and for other countries. It's just... Uh, in the European Union and all over the world. And uh, uh, all of us uh, need to understand that uh, Putin have no uh, let uh, no, have no world stop. And uh, if he wants uh, to do a dangerous situation in a nuclear station, it is a dangerous situation not for only Melitopol or not for only uh, the Parisian region or Ukraine. It's a dangerous situation for a over the world. And uh, we need to understand it. And uh, last but not least, uh, first week, all civilian world uh, didn't help Manitopol and didn't help Ukraine. And uh, all world just wait. Can Ukraine defend or can't Ukraine defend? And now we show a, lo- show a law with the world that Ukraine can defend. But Ukraine defends not for Ukrainian values. Ukraine defends for all civilian and all democratic values. That's why we need support. Because if we didn't, if we doesn't stop Putin in Ukraine, if Ukraine doesn't win in the nearest future, of course, Putin will go to other European countries and other civilized
2: countries. Great. So it, it's fair to say that the fight that your people are fighting today is the same fight. I mean, look, let's call it for what it is, right? The Zed, yes, okay. the, the Russian who wants to destroy Ukraine. Ukraine's not a country. They say Ukraine's. I mean, you have you have uh, Russian talking heads on TV saying Ukrainian isn't even a language. It's not a culture. It's it's just us. It's like our little stupid cousins. Um, it's it's crazy, but it's what we're dealing with. It's really genocide
1: of twenty. It's really genocide of twenty twenty two.
2: Ivan, it is absolutely the genocide of our generation, and I think people need to hear it from someone like you. You know, you you know, your your town, your city is is occupied, and you have Russians um, pretending back in Moscow. That somehow, not only do all the people in Melitopol, Melitopol they, they believe that, that this is a I mean, come on. What, what can you say to our listeners? Like, I mean, there are people, again, we have hundreds and thousands of listeners every day who know that Ukraine is fighting a war for their survival. If, we, if you, <laughs> if your people don't have the support of us, what, what would happen? if the west didn't if freedom-loving peoples around the world did not support your quest for freedom what would happen to your mother your father your neighbor in malita you, need to, uh, that... you know,
1: uh, we need to understand that uh, it uh, if our partners will stop help or will not uh, give for us enough support in uh first of all of course weapons uh, heavy military equipment and other things and of course humanitarian aid we need to understand that ukraine uh have no enough enough power to stop russians and uh, then russians uh, will go from ukraine to european countries and for other countries but now european union and uh, all civilized worlds uh, uh, United States uh, uh, of America and other our partners give us uh, uh, give us many support. Uh, it's enough for uh, our citizens to live, not with high quality, but it's enough to live. If we have no this uh, support, of course, uh, many of our citizens uh, will uh, will will start to find another 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 ways what to do many our citizens now just uh, leave Ukraine and go to European countries and uh, if we give no uh, possibility to give uh, them uh, comfortable uh, but uncomfortable but life uh, with services in Ukraine more citizens will go to European Union and uh, now we see it uh, because winter is very hot in Ukraine now of course, uh, we need to uh, give uh, support for our old peoples, which now stay in Ukraine, because they give no possibility to leave from our country, but uh, they, need, uh, they need help every day. Help with food, help with uh, uh, hot clothes and other, other things. Uh, that's why, of course, we need support from our partners, because uh, we need support for our soldiers and uh, for our army, to defend for our values, not Ukrainian, but for
2: all our values. Amen. Thanks so much. Listen, we got a bunch of hands up here, Ivan. Um, let's go to Ben, Nick, Decor, and Biennale. Ben.
1: Good evening. Good
2: evening, Ivan. Uh, um, I, for one,
1: am very, very pleased to, to get to hear you tonight. Um, I wanted to know if you could tell us a little bit about the situation of your people, uh, the diaspora of Militopol um, and are you still in contact with them? Are you managing to somehow um, uh, do your job as a mayor even when the city has been dispersed um, and uh what what do what do you do to to uh, keep that community alive oh of course uh and uh, thank you for your question first of all, all our team uh now it's a uh, more than uh, top managers of our team it's uh, more than 100 uh, people now live in the parisia in the parisia it's a nearest city to melitopol 100 kilometers and uh, this city which control uh government of ukraine and uh, uh in the parisia we uh open the Humanitarian aid center for our citizens from Melitopol. In this humanitarian center, we give uh, uh, humanitarian aids, uh, financial aids, uh, uh, some consultations uh, by uh, law and uh, uh, and uh, psychological cons- uh, uh, support and other, other things. But of course, this center work not only for citizens who can come to this center, but online also. Uh, that's why, uh, of course, uh, it is very important for us to uh, be in touch with our citizens, because city is first of all citizens. And now we have three categories. First category is which now stay in occupied city, and we, of course, try to keep on touch with them. Second category is those citizens who now stay all over Ukraine. And of course, we try to give support for them and third category from our citizens, which now stay uh, on the border of Ukraine and European cities and countries and other uh, countries. Of course, uh, as a mayor, now we uh, try to organize many services. First of all, education, process and education services. Now all our schools work online. And more than 21 to 1,000 uh, of our children every day study online in our, online in our schools. Uh, and uh, many other services we try now to organize. We try to cooperate with our international partners for giving humanitarian aid. And of course, now we start to prepare uh, to come back to Melitopol and starting uh, to-do list and plan for the occupation of Melitopol, uh, after the occupation of Melitopol. That's why it's a main task of our job, of our team.
2: Amazing, thank you. Uh, let's go to Nick. Uh,
0: my question for you, Mr. Mayor, well, it's two parts, really. Um, can you say something about the multicultural aspects uh, of Melitopol and the unique multicultural aspects of, of Melitopol? Uh, and secondly, uh, Perhaps you can tell us something about um, both before pending the liberation of the city and after uh, the, uh, the liberation of the city, uh, what you hope for, what you're getting in terms of support uh, and in terms of the, um, the, the help and, and just uh, um, the value of the uh, intercultural cities network uh, in the reconstruction um, not just material, but the the kind of s- spiritual and, and social reconstruction uh, of the city.
1: Thank you for your question. First of all, you're right. Of course, Melitopol it's a intercultural capital of Ukraine because in Melitopol uh, uh, in Melitopol live uh, uh, more than one hundred twenty different uh, diasporas or different nationalities. Uh, of course, uh, most of, of uh, the biggest uh, diasporas it's uh, belarus it's uh, Krimsky Tatars and uh, other other diasporas but uh, what's uh, most important all of these diasporas lived in a peace and harmony and uh, but Russians think another and uh, of course uh, uh, second part of your question it's uh, after the occupation we just wait of our intercultural uh, of, of of from all of our diasporas, we just wait for support to rebuild the city. But uh, now I uh, say not uh, only about buildings. Uh, the main thing that we need to do, we need to rebuild our um, citizens. And, uh, you know, it's a very important thing that and, uh, some citizens who now stay in occupied territories but not collaborate, uh, they have no uh, very good relationship with those citizens who lived Melitopol and those citizens who lived Melitopol, uh, uh, of course, have no good relationship with uh, those citizens who now stay in Melitopol. That's why for us, it will be a very great task uh, to rebuild this peace and harmony in the uh, uh, intercultural capital of Ukraine.
0: Uh, thank you, and um, I was wondering if you are, uh, if whether Melitopol also has uh, uh, what in 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 in, in uh, sister cities or twin cities in other in other countries, and, and if uh, if you're in contact with their mayors.
1: Uh, yes, uh, with many mayors of European cities, we're now in contact, and uh, I hope that. Uh after the occupation of our city, we can build a good relationship in deeds, not on papers of all, but in deeds.
2: (coughs) Thank you, Nick. Let's go to decoding and be another and um, Latin.
3: Hi, Ivan. Uh, My name is Stephen Douglas. I I worked for the OSCE. I met your deputy um, during COVID and um, I am a great champion of your city. And I, I, I am a huge fan of you and of uh, Svetlana Zalitsknyaya mm-hmm. from RAI, mm-hmm. Melitopol. Um, and if you, if you remember one thing about this meeting, I, and please communicate to Svetlana that there are people around the world. I'm one of them who I read every day. It's the first um, Telegram channel I read for global news about Ukraine as well. And it's perfectly curated. And um, from the very first moment um, of the demonstrations, I've done my best on Twitter to um, reach my audience, which is 5 million people a month with the minutiae of the news of Melitopol, of how the prices of, um, of stuff when, when they were burning bodies in the meat plant today uh, building the barracks, the rushest barracks uh, in the market place and and all of these thousands of stories which have happened since the beginning of March in Melitopol, which is a city i love and um and i i yeah. i like you i um I mourn for what it was and what it and and I celebrate what it will be when uh, when it is deoccupied so please. Uh, You know, I celebrated when you met the Pope, when you met President Macron, when you were (laughs) released, when you uh, got your medal from President Zelensky. And um, and uh, my my question is um, that um, and I also I tried to get people when, for instance, the Jewish community there, I know they were trying to get out when the Russists um, started occupying, I, I did my best with the German embassy, German diplomats, uh, as I'm sure other people did as well. Uh, and as you say, no one was really any of any help when you needed it. But anyway, um, going forward, um, one, I never found out what happened to Leila Ibragimova or her deputy or Sergei Prima. Um, so Leila, as some of you may know, was head of the... Mm-hmm. Of the, uh, the the cultural museum in in Melitopol, and she was uh, forcibly disappeared by the Russians. She refused to tell them the location of the Scythian gold. Then her deputy was also forcibly disappeared. She also refused uh to reveal uh, where the Scythian gold is. And I've been there, and I, I I've been to Kamienka. So
2: let's let's get that question in there, decoding please
1: uh thank you thank you for your questions uh it's really <clears throat> important for us Svetlana it's uh, one of uh, part of our team and uh, <clears throat> uh, one of the uh, chief of uh, media and uh, thank you of course i will uh, uh, back uh, greetings for her uh, what about leila leila now live in turkey because uh, uh she one of the uh, most active member of uh, Krimska tatarska diaspora and uh, now she lived in uh, Turkey, but uh, she really was a uh, first kidnapped uh, citizen in our city. And Sergei Prima, it's my, he is my colleague. She is the chief of uh, Melitopol Regional Council. And uh, he was kidnapped and was uh, holded by 42 days. And uh, now he, uh, with all our team, work in Zaporizhia. And uh, he is a, a part of our team. Thank you for your
3: question. Great. Thank you. I'm so relieved to hear that.
1: follow-up decoding.
3: um I think I, I'm sure I, I've said enough, but I, I'd be happy to to talk after other people have asked questions. I, I have a million uh, yeah, questions no, no, about Good.
2: Ed, my only concern was the background that you have that, that our audience doesn't. So why don't you wait out and we'll, we'll get to the other questions. We'll circle back to you. How's that?
3: Totally. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for everyone else to talk. I just want to Thanks. say that
4: to Ivan.
2: All right. It's good to be another.
4: Thank you very much. Um, thank you for being here Jan. Um, we had, uh, um, an interview with the, um, um CEO of the, uh, and, um, mm-hmm. he told us about how it works. We see pensions and, um, I was, was wondering how does it work in Melitopol? How, um, do people survive because it's 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 uh, a completely um, yeah um, yeah city in Russian hands and uh, it's uh, hard to get get anything in uh, to this from Ukraine. Um, how how do the people survive? How how is the life in this kind of um, occupied situation?
1: Oh, Thank you for your questions. Uh, really, we have a greatest experience with Zuckerpost, with our uh, private uh, bank uh, in Ukraine, because uh, from first days of uh, full occupation, we try to give pensions for our old citizens. We try to give salaries for our uh, staff uh, from uh, uh, hospitals and other. But now, of course, all the services closed in occupied territories and uh, we, uh, we uh, together we make a greatest uh, job because uh, uh, for many uh, old peoples who now uh, who early take uh, uh, monies uh, cash monies we give a credit cards and th- now they can use these credit cards but uh, of course now all the service stopped in our occupied territories
4: all right thank you
2: all right thanks let's go to uh latin and victoria
0: Thank you, Huda, and and thank you, Mr. Mayor, for joining us. My my question is about, kind of, I want to dig a little more into the humanitarian situation. You've mentioned some of the the hardships that the the people in your city are um, suffering through, and a a lot of us have seen as winter is closing in, we we worry about conditions in the occupied uh, parts of Ukraine. Are the people there completely at the mercy of Russian authorities in terms of um, humanitarian aid, or are there international agencies that we could contribute to that could directly help the people that are there? And I'm I'm thinking also specifically of the most vulnerable, of the elderly, um, children, especially children in orphanages, uh, for whom winter is is going to be pretty hard. Uh, no, of course, uh, not uh, any
1: Russian authority give any humanitarian aid and. Now we have no possibility to deliver humanitarian and occupied territories. That's now when I said that we make a to-do list and prepare for the occupation. Now we uh, make a big warehouse in Zaporizhia and prepare many humanitarian aids. And with this aid, we will go to liberated Melitopol. And now we uh, do this preparing job for uh, liberation. But uh, now, as I said, is, there is no possibility to deliver any humanitarian aid. But of course, uh, our citizens have uh, many, many needs.
2: All right. Thank you. Victoria. Yeah, thank you so much, Yehuda. Ivan, thank you so much for joining us today. It is definitely an honor, a pleasure to have you on on the space. Uh, I really admire your bravery and strong spirit. <clears throat> you touched a little bit of, on the topic of education and melatonin. From what I understand, the children still get Ukrainian education, so it's not Russian. And I don't know if that's correct. And could you talk a little bit about universities and colleges? Are the students of Militopol still able to attend universities at all? I don't know, how does it work? Thank you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, thank you for your questions. Uh, you know, in a summer, it uh, was a really great ch- challenge for me and for my, for our team uh, because we uh, have uh, more than uh, 700 uh, uh, of our schoolmates who need to enjoy two universities. And for me, it was really great cha- challenge to help our children to enjoy for Ukrainian and European universities. And more than 80%, uh, 80% uh, invite for our Ukrainian and uh, uh, European universities. In Melitopol, we have uh, two big universities and all of them now uh, work online. Uh, we integrate uh, communication with them and, of course, help them to work online as our Melitopol schools. That's why all education systems from Melitopol now work online and uh, uh, basic, uh all staff now situated in the parish. All right.
2: Well, thank you. And a follow-up, Victoria? Well, yeah, thank you for answering. That's, that's nice to hear that you know our children still get Ukrainian education. Yes. And- Yes. So, yeah. Thank you so much, Ivan. Uh, we've been pretty accurate for the last, uh, you know, nine months, especially the last five months, about the Ukrainian military doing what it needs to do. You know, fighting the good fight, conducting, you know, excellent maneuver warfare operations. And Kherson is back where it belongs in Ukraine. Melita pulls the next tactical bound, Ivan. I personally believe that when the Ukrainian military situates itself east of the Dnipro, when the forces in Zaporizhia push down, Melitopol is going to be back in Ukrainian hands. Do you have a plan for what happens when your your amazing and miraculous Ukrainian armed forces push through to Melitopol? Are you going to be at the front? What happens when Melitopol gets liberated. Do you show up with the army? Is there a civilian administration changeover? How does that work?
0: Uh,
1: of course, all of us just wait for liberation. All of us just wait when our uh, uh, militaries can do it. And, uh, of course, we have a plan. Uh, this plan we agreed with uh, soldiers, with uh, militaries, with uh, Ministry of Military Defence and uh, other administration structures. And uh, uh, you know, uh, when it will be liberated, uh, all other problems we will solve very, very quickly. Fair enough.
2: With so help of this... our partners, of course. Of course. Is there is there an open invitation for all of the listeners that next year, when 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 Ukrainians are dancing on a beach in Crimea, can we stop in Melitopol first and have a barbecue?
1: Of course, I invite all of you to Melitopol. Of course.
2: Thanks so much. That's gonna another, and then we're gonna to go to Mika. Go ahead, Bianada.
4: Yeah, um um about um yeah, the um, situation in in Militopol. Um we heard about what what happened in Kherson, we heard what um, happened in uh Kharkiv region. How is the system working? Um, how are you uh, in contact with the people, and especially children which get relocated? What what are the efforts, um, if you can speak about, um, to account for everyone and to get a clear picture what happened um, um, all about um, these atrocities um, the Russians did?
2: Let, let, let's let's clarify that. Are there children from your city, Mr. Mayor, from Melitopol, Melitopol, that have been kidnapped by Russians? Is there a plan to get them back? What can you speak to that about?
1: No, we have uh, examples when uh, Russians kidnap citizens from another city, from Elgadar, from Khamenka, Dnipropka. But no, we have not uh, examples from Melitopol. We know that Russians prepare for this kidnapping, but uh, uh, in uh, uh, on time we uh, make alarm of this, and uh, not now Russians do it. That's why we have no such examples. Uh, I'm so sorry, but uh, now we have another conversation in Office of President, and I need to run. Uh, I'm so sorry.
2: Ivan, please don't apologize. We want to thank you on behalf of all of our guests, our listeners, the friends from all over the world, the millions of people on radio and Internet and rebroadcast that are going to listen to you. We want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts for being here, and thank you for speaking your truth the power and sharing uh, with all of us what's happening with the citizens of Melitopol. This is the Maria Report we've been broadcasting for 24 hours a day, seven days a week for nine months plus. And I want to honestly let you know that this is your second home. If you ever want to come here, we would be honoured. Be, it would be a great pleasure to hear from you or any of your guests or friends or colleagues. Thank you,
1: sir. Thank you very much. Thank you for the invitation. And uh, I hope we will meet uh, many, many times again. Thank you very much.